Hello and welcome to another episode of the Give Us a Spell podcast. One of my favourite weeks of the year. It is Everest week. It is Kosciuszko week. We've even got racing down in Caulfield. Barrier draw is done. 12 horses are going to be going around for $20 million of the best. And as a result, we're going to have three of the lads on this week. Uh, we're going to be including Chris, who, if you've been a long-time listener, he normally jumps on and does some of our Melbourne form. And uh, he is a bit of an aficionado with uh, New South Wales racing, actually, in the past, working as a handicapper. So he knows his stuff. Uh, we're going to be shooting the shit about the main races this weekend uh, in Sydney and down south. I know a lot of people have been uh, or enjoyed the little tipping comp that we did for a couple of weeks. Uh, it was a bit of a nightmare to run, so may do it in the future, may try and get someone to run it for us, but it was a bit of a headache to uh, actually keep it going with uh, a lot of changes people were sending me and not paying and whatnot. So uh, maybe in the future we'll do it again, but... Uh that's on ice at the moment. But this week, it is uh, Caulfield Guineas Day, Tab Everest Day. You've got the Kosciuszko. You have the new, well, well-named uh, race number nine, which is now the King Charles Third Stake Group 1, $5 million of the best. And Mr. Brightside is going around as a shorty there. And a bunch of other races at Sydney as well. You've got the Silver Eagle there, which uh, the main event is in a couple of weeks. Sydney Stakes and whatnot. You've got the Caulfield Guineas down south. And there's a lot of chat about that. Will the militarise will be able to handle going that, that way of going and um, justify the quote. Might and Power is going around as well. Alligator Blood. Uh, fave, but uh, we've got to look at Just Fine, see if Just Fine can do it down in Melbourne. Uh, has been absolutely flying lately. Jordan Childs gets a ride this week. But as I welcome in the boys, it is one of the most exciting uh, days of the year, I reckon, this Saturday. So welcome you in. Thomas, how are you? Oh, I couldn't have said it any better myself, Zach. Like <laughs> such a um, such a big week. Um, I basically haven't slept all week; just been working uh, nonstop. But uh, it's, it's going to be a big payoff on Saturday. Um, yeah, just uh, thinking about the crowd and just looking at the races and everything. It's going to be nuts. Um, yeah, it's a massive day. And uh, just talking to people in the office today, Tab Tab been filming some stuff and. Everyone you hear has got a different take on it, and they're all making great points. Like, you, you could easily uh, run this race six times and get six different winners. It's just just an absolute cracker. Were you at the um, barrier draw the other night? Yeah, um, you could actually see my ugly mug um, in the reflection behind the guests. A few cameramen were yelling at me, and I, um, my, yeah, you could see me swaying from to and fro. I, uh, it took me a while to get my. Um, legs back after being on the boat for a good 12 hours. Good effort. Coey, you've just uh, coming back from a long lunch and at the pub, but what do you reckon, mate? Are you pumped for the weekend? Yeah, I mean, Tom hasn't slept a wink. I mean, if I wouldn't either if I was on his pay packet. So, um, as for the barrier drive... you get paid? Yeah, occasionally. I get paid by beers and bonus bets. But, go. um, yeah, lunch was good. As for this weekend, I guess this is... We've been looking forward to this since what? Since the since the like the Everest finished last year, essentially. <laughs> the talk hasn't stopped all year, so I mean, here we are, twelve months later. I think it's probably our strongest field. Uh, we do have a couple of three-year-olds. We've got a couple of X factors. Couple that have come in and out, like the last year's winners gone. You know, that's the big bit of news. And yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what's going to unfold over the next you know seventy-two hours. Chris, we welcome you in. You haven't been on for a little while, mate, but now Melbourne's kicking off and you are a Sydney racing fan as well, mate. But how's things been? Have you been collecting? 
Yeah, did I do something to upset you guys? You just <laughs> were all over me, keen on, keen as mustard, and then just crushed me. Didn't want to, know, didn't want to bar me. No, you were in a bit of a foul mood with the Wallabies, I think. <laughs> yeah, fair enough too. No, mate, I'm good. I'm pumped up. It's a great time of year. If you don't enjoy this time of year, then like you're not a racing fan, are you? So it's um, it's unreal, isn't it? It is one of the best days. I said in the intro, it's probably one of my favourite days. I think Kohai and myself were out there last year and we sort of just snuck into the owner's area. And we, I was trying to you know, muscle up and stand with the Nature Strip people. By chance, we just had to stand with um, uh, Giga Kick uh, clan and by chance, they absolutely saluted and that really hurt both of us, me and Kelly. But uh, we're going to kick it off with the Everest. So we are going to be chopping and changing the way we do it uh, today, but we're going to kick it off with the Everest. Um, 12 horses... All stars, and I think when one of the only one of the funny things I heard was Moody during the week. He said, "As long as we just don't draw the inside or we draw wide, that would be fantastic." By chance, he draws barrier one and gets overpass right next to him. As a result, it drifted. It was outright favourite. It drifted out to about five fifty, but has come back in uh, today. I had a little look at what the hold we were having and think about it was most popular, only slightly to um, I wish I win. But it looks like people have come back for I wish I win, but. Tommy, uh, we're gonna. I reckon we're just gonna go number order. We're gonna give it a good intro. Um, let's start on. I wish I win. Has drawn the inside. We know it's an absolute. It can fly late. Nolan rides. He's now four eighty. Um, what do you make of it? I think a bit, a bit um, too much is made of the barrier. I don't think it hurts it too much. Um, listening to Brad Bray talk about it today as well, he thinks that um, there might actually be a bit of space between overpass and I wish I win on the fence there. Um, there is a chance Espiona could cross him and get in that spot, but it might not be quick enough early to get it. So if think about it, it's sort of just in front of him. He he likes a bit of space and just could create that little bit of space on the rail and just let um, I wish I win sort of settle. And overpass could really push I wish I win into the race. I mean, I think if the fence is hot as well, like it was um, recently, you you got to look at all the money and and that run in the Memsey was massive. A month between the run, um, yeah, I can't fault. I wish I win. I've got it right up there, and um, I wish I took some of the five fifty. I haven't really had much of a bet yet this week, but um, uh, yeah, I think five fifty would have been great for. I wish I win. What do you reckon, Kelly? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like I, I, I get it that Moody wanted to be off the fence. I think it's a pretty free running horse, and as long as it's got space. Uh, We've seen the electric turn of foot that it has, really. Like, you look at the new mark, you look at the TJ win. They've been fantastic. I, I, the only – I know the, the camp have always been settled with, oh, yeah, we're doing the one run at the Menzi and having the six weeks into the Everest. And that's the only query I have. But from all accord, the connections are super, super happy with it. I think the hold on the Wish I Win on the tab anyway is five to one to any other horse. So – there is some serious push for it, and I mean, it, it's warranted for what the credentials of this horse are. So, can't take anything away from the connections, but just due to how I see them, the race mapping, I've actually left it out of the numbers. Interesting. What about you, Chris? Have you left it out? No, I have not left it out. Um, that's huge, Coey. I love that. Um, taking in, taking an opinion at least. I, I don't, couldn't really understand the the chat about the barrier. I think. He's shown that he's tractable enough to kind of settle closer if he needs to. 
in the past he's kind of not needed to because there's been plenty of pressure and speed. But I thought he could just pick where he wants to be, whether it's three-back defence. He could probably land behind the lead if he really wanted to. I reckon he'll be three-back defence. Um, might want to get off if he would like. If, if he's nervous about getting caught behind overpass coming back to him. But, yeah, no, the barrier is not a concern for me. He's the one to beat. Look yeah. at the TJ. What he did in the TJ. I know that was on a heavy nine, but it was a similar field. The prep was a, was similar as well off the one run. Oh, I was two runs, but the new market run was unbelievable, hitting the line there, which, yeah, I, I don't know. I, he's the one to beat for sure for me. All right. Uh, differing of opinions that's, for the boys, but we got that doesn't mean I'm tipping him because I think the price is probably too short because it is a hot field. Like, I looked at the field when after the, obviously we've been looking at the field for six months, but after the barrier draw, you look at like thinking about it to have a, a bet. And I penned three of them, so I literally think there's nine chances. And then I've flip flopped a couple of times on those three. Like, I don't want to look like a dickhead, but yeah, it's, it's unbelievable how deep it is. Well, we're going to have to get those numbers when we finish this preview. We got the first of the proven thoroughbreds, which is Private Eyes, drawn nine at six fifty now. It got out to as much as about seven bucks, I think. Nash gets the ride, and this is um, this is the winner of the shorts, uh, where it beat Overpass and Bonus Notches uh, back on. I think it was my birthday, sixteenth of September. Yep, correct. So Private Eye going around. It's the other one. Uh, Either one of the Joe Pride runners think about it is next, which is equal favourite with I Wish I Win. But when listening to Pride try and differ between them, he couldn't. Um, he liked them really both. I think he leans one way, but what do you reckon, Tommy? Can you, are you, is it in your numbers? Oh, yeah. You've you got to give good chances to both of them. I think Private Eye, um, Nash is a man in form at the moment. Uh, he's absolutely killing it. And this horse, uh, second last year, you, you thought it was home until the last stride. Yeah, I, I don't think the gate worries him too much. It's just if there's enough speed and can really rattle home. Joe's obviously thinking both of them after after a solid win uh, will be better second up. And I said I said when it went a bit of a miss in um, autumn that this horse might just be a spring horse. And seeing that first up win, um, you can see really see his back, and he loves rain week. So yeah, good chance. Koa, was I right with you being a big fan of Private Eye last year at pretty good odds when it ran second? Yeah, I think I had three bets and uh, Private Eye was my best way home. And obviously the shadow of the post um, did him, really. Giga Kick was enormous. And it's amazing to see that that weight makes such a world of difference, doesn't it? Like uh, it was carrying 53 last year, Giga Kick, and Private Eye was carrying near top weight, 58 or 59, whatever it was. And... Yeah, that was probably the difference in the end, that five kilo differential, thereabouts. Um, as for this year, I mean, I don't think the barrier is an issue. I love the shorts win. After it won the shorts, I was just like, I've got to have something on it again. So I definitely dipped into it. Uh, barrier nine, I think people assume a little bit that it's going to go real, but I think it's just going to find a nice little cosy midfield position, one out, maybe three pairs back, thereabouts, hopefully. And then just run on. I think that, uh, well, hopefully there's enough natural speed in the race and it'll just, just drive into it much like last year. And yeah, Tommy's probably right saying it's uh, more of a spring horse. I mean, the autumn was a little bit flat, but saying that, I mean, it was still contesting in the new market and the TJ. And then it went a little bit of miss in Queensland where it came fifth in a, a group two, but 
it was only behind Rothfire by 1.4 on that day. So it wasn't really a bad day altogether. I just love it that it'll be back on top of the ground. And, and yeah, I think just the comments from Joe, it just gives me so much confidence going into it again. It, he reckons that there's going to be another three or four lengths improvement coming into this race. So if that be the case, we'll see the old private eye back and he'll be darn close, I reckon, once again this year. Well, you, Chris? Yeah, I broke the field up into kind of tiers and like the top tiers being the ones with the class and the nouns to kind of settle wherever and like the ones that have no knocks, the ones that it doesn't matter what the track rating is, it doesn't matter where they draw, the like the top tier ones and privatise in that tier, like he can do it a number of different ways. He's got Nash who is the best jockey in Sydney at the moment. He's proven that he is can win an Everest. I don't know, he hasn't won one, but like he's been so close so many times, like in those big races. That um, yeah, he's. If I wish I won, if I wish I wins them on the beat, Private Eye's kind of going to be right there. Like if there's a place bet for the race, I just think Private Eye is just the best place bet. Like I'm not saying he's going to win, but he's to run top. You can't take anything with more confidence to run top three, can you? No, I agree. Um, just trying to differ these two is going to be bloody hard. we got to think about it. Think about it is the other uh, Joe Pride runner and just can't stop winning, to be honest. It's won the Premier, and then we look at what it did in uh, up in Queensland, won both the Group 1s up in uh, Eagle Farm and then had a couple of races before that at Gosford and Ramwick. It just keeps winning. It is As a result, it is, what, $4.80 equal favourite. A little bit of a drift today, but 440 to 4.80, who cares? But, uh, Tommy, think about it. Does this one go on top? Uh, not on top for me. I just – I not at the price. I – I mean, everything Joe Pride has asked for this horse, he's done it. He just, he's only had that one loss and he, he's just been every step up, just been asked, won a Stradbroke, um, just held on first up. But to take um, to take 480 and not see him race against a field like this before, you really want to see him um, see how he goes around, like, big sprinters like this. Uh, he's, he's right up there, but not on top for me. I... I Want to see him go around, but he could easily um, put egg on my face. Coey, uh, it's a winner. Can't, uh, well, I mean, winning form's good form, and I'm in total agreement with Tommy. I think just the fields that it's contested is the real que- query for me. Like, it's it's one, two group ones, and it's been in half-decent fields, but it hasn't been in a high-pressure race like this to date. Um, this is... I know we talk about it over and over again, but this is a proper Group 1. I know it doesn't have the Group 1 status, but it is a proper Group 1 field. So I think just for that reason, I I definitely have it in my numbers, but I don't think it's going to win. And the price is definitely on the lower side. I'd probably be marking it closer to the 6 to $7 mark. That's where I'd be uh, dipping in, so to speak. I think the 480, it's just a little bit too short for me. Um I know it's got probably the draw it needs. It's got a, I think it gets a really nice run in transit. Uh, I think it could just sit and stalk kind of behind the leaders and just, who knows, it, we might be, yeah, egg on the face kind of moment where it just absolutely trounces them. But I think it, at some stage, I think we'll see, think about it, hit the front. 
but I think other horses will climb over the top of it and beat it. So I've got it in the numbers and thereabouts, but I just think that uh, it's it's a little bit of an unknown for me, so I've kind of stayed away from the win. All right, we go to Marzu, who's drawn barrier 11. It is now 51 bucks. Tommy Berry rides for the Snowdens. Uh, it's been locked in for a while, old Marzu. Um, there's some yarns that I've read today that if it started now, it still can't win, but... Um, it came third, I believe, last year. I think its last win must have been the Doom in 10,000 or something probably last year. Um, look, it's not one of mine. I'm not sure if I'd give it much of a hope, but what do you reckon, Tommy? Mate, um, I, it wouldn't shock me if he won. He's, like, you look at his distance record, he hasn't finished out of placings in 1,200. You look at him at Randwick over the 1,200 and he hasn't. he's always been up there. He finished third in last year's Everest. Tommy Berry's on and been on this horse for a little um, since he's sort of been coming back and getting to the bottom of it. I don't think he's hopeless at all, but um, recent form would suggest that you want to see him win. He's, he's been there and about, but he hasn't really um, he hasn't really taken it yet. But keen to see how he comes back. He'll be a lot better second up than first up. And that trial, trial showed like he had a bit of something, but saying that it's a good race, and, yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't um, really taken it yet. Force a habit there. Uh, Chris, do you have anything on Think About It? Yeah, I did have something on Think About It, but that's all right. Sorry, um, no, you're fine. I just – the boys nailed it. it. It's hard to knock winning form, but to me, you've got to switch the price with Private Eye. Private Eye has been racing in much stronger races. If you look at the horses, Think About It has beaten – it's Hawaii Five-0 who comes up here and is one of the horses that I probably was less keen on. You know, Rothfire, who's a dirty Queenslander. Bacchanalia, Gravina, like Pizarro, they're nice horses, but they're all the second, third stringers, right? Now it comes up against like proper kind of eight grade. So, yeah, it's not one of mine. It's not in my numbers. I think the price is wrong. Marzu is interesting. Uh, Tommy was pretty accurate with, with, what, with what he said. The um, setback that they've been talking about is obviously concerning, but obviously like this stable is the grand final stable as well. So... The fifty-one dollars is pretty tempting to me, just because he's proven that he can, he can face adversity and kind of um, overcome it, you know. And like I can see him being in the finish. I'm going to have something on the fifty-one. That price is just—I'd kill myself if he won at fifty-ones and I wasn't on. That's ballsy, Coey. Would you place a few dollars, Marzu? It's so. I feel that it's one of the unlucky runners in the field. It's drawn eleven again, back-to-back years in the Everest and. Yeah, like you said, it, it placed in last year's edition. I think this year's edition's harder. And I'll tell you what, I'd definitely have something on if it was a, a softer to heavier going. But I think just Barry 11 again, I just don't know where this thing maps. I genuinely think that it's just going to be posted wide and Barry's going to have no no choice but to shift back again. And it'll probably be ninth or tenth in the run and i just don't think that's where you want to be uh for this particular horse anyway so i don't know what the connections are going to tell tommy to do but yeah i think this is just a bit harder i think the 51's justified all right 51 dollars amazu we go to overpass we get to the speed stuff josh parr riding for bjorn barrier two 11 bucks uh, was as much as 13 after the draw, but um, it's going to be second up. It's had a little trial, but it came second to Private Eye in the shorts. A lot of people have been sort of thinking, do I just back this and hope for the best and you know deal with the shit fight that's behind everyone sort of chasing? Uh, it's an interesting one, Tommy, because overpass just pins and leads. What's the, 
is it has to be in top four, right? Yeah, like it'll depend as well. Especially if there's a lot of pace in the day, um, will will something try and take it on? Will there be a few um, a few cat amongst the pigeons? Or what's uh, yeah, what's going to happen? It's really interesting. It's drawn well. Uh, a little comment from Bjorn a week or two ago where he said he wouldn't mind another runner in there that has a bit of pace because he does settle a bit um, when someone does try to take him on. So um, I found that comment was a bit um, a bit odd. Just the map for it you think is great, just absolutely fantastic. But, yeah, it's, um, it, it's an interesting... Uh, one, I, I genuinely think um, that there's horses with better ability that can win on it. And traditionally as well, um, the leaders sort of get found out a bit, um, but they have run good races. So I don't know. I don't know about overpass, but um, he, his trial looked enormous and he's he was enormous first up, but he's always great first up. Let's see him a month between runs with a big trial. Very interesting. Someone's going to have to take him on, though, Coe. They're not just going to let him just cruise around out the front. Um, what's going to happen? Well, I've one of the few runners I've definitely had a little bit of pocket change on. Um, I totally get what uh, Bjorn said about it, that it needs probably a companion to go with, because I think that's exactly what we saw in the trial, where Marzu posted outside of it, and then overpass settled, and my goodness, that trial was, like, spectacular. Ran home 58. 58 and change, and last 600 was 33 flat. That is a race time. That is a genuine race time. And it did it easy. It was hands and heels. Um, it's a proper speed horse, and the fact that it's drawn two, Connections will be real happy about that. And I think that, I mean, I think in terms of speed, I think Overpass will lead, hold the fence, and then your cylinders, I'm hoping that we'll just cruise on next to it and have a genuine clip at front. And I think if that be the case, they can settle probably the the eight to the six, six to the four, and then just hit the go button. And if that be the case, I know the Quokka didn't have the biggest, you know, the best sprinters of the nation, but, you know, you had some stars in Bella Nipotina, Amelia's Jewel, finishing the top three as well. Um, I can definitely see it figuring. I just think that it, it it's a tough horse and, that trial really took my eye, so I think that it's definitely within my numbers. The Quokka winner in your numbers, Chris? He should be. Like, he's not, but he should be. Like, I, this is exactly what I look for when I look for a race. A horse that's going to lead, make its own luck on speed, and look, there's been no Everest. There seems, like, so much less pressure in this Everest than in the last couple without Nature's Troop, without Eduardo. He's drawn perfectly. He kind of half missed it in the Doombin 10,000 and did it the hard way, like too wide outside the lead and still almost beat Giga Kick on that day. There's no Giga Kick here and less things to take him on. I thought Hawaii 5.0 was the horse that I thought would probably shoot across and try and put more speed into the race. And if, if that happens, then Hawaii 5.0 will tire and take a few out as he goes back in the field. And Overpass is going to be in front. At the 150, put that way. Whether he wins or not, I don't know. Well, you're going to get money for your bet then, eh? Just so it's it's going to be fun. I think I, I agree. I think it's going to be up there, but mm, could tire himself out. Josh Parr, very good aboard the front runners. Bjornos Notches is the next runner. Dylan Gibbons, exciting for these youngsters. Dylan and Zach getting rides in a $20 million race. Uh, drawn eight, 
Look, it's not overly one of mine. It opened nines. It is now twelves. It's last win. Uh, I think it won like the Show County or something like that. But I think this might be a bit tough. But I know that Tommy, you've liked this horse in the past. What do you reckon? Yeah, he always has been one of uh, genuinely one of mine. He's um, he's yeah been very talented. And twelve hundred is his peak um, distance too. Yeah, he's marvel. Great to see Dylan get a, a good, a good ride in a good race too. Uh, you got to think um, you'd you'd want a bit more speed just he's a get back horse and can really run on. But that that last run, he he was hitting the line really well. And you think twelve hundred, he would have shown a lot up, and a lot of a lot of them were in this field. But obviously, they run into eleven hundred, so different tactics and whatever. But I, I think he's a massive chance. Right, you, Coey. Tricky. Um, I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's going to go right out the back. This is the question, I guess. Barrier eight. It's got probably option to step forward a little bit more, to settle a little bit more midfield. It, and I, I'm. I mean, I'm assuming from what I've watched in replays and everything else, it's just going to leave it one last shot, uh, chance and shot, and just give it a few whacks somewhere between the four and the three, and then it's got to turn the foot. So it'll have a crack, but I just don't know where it settles and. I know that it's third in the, the shorts where Private Eye won. I guess if you were to compare it to Private Eye, it was eye-catching, but Private Eye did had the similar run as well. Came from rear-ish of the field and ran on and more or less did it easy by the end of it. So in terms of class, I don't know if he's quite up to him yet. I think he's definitely a progressive horse that we can keep an eye on, but he's very lightly raced. And Matty Smith getting a runner, congrats to him, Dylan. Congrats for him getting a, a, a booking on the ride. And you I mean, I'm happy for the connections, but, yeah, I think he's a little bit outclassed for mine. Do you agree, Chris? He can run the fastest last 200 metres out of any horse in this race. But he's going to do it from – he's going to be so – he's going to be six lengths behind him and have to do it – have to be Chautauqua to do that. I just can't see there being enough speed for him to do that. Um, A couple of you guys mentioned Dylan and Zach. Like they've had amazing years, and it's it is awesome to see them. They both deserve to be there. They've been the most consistent jockeys over the last eighteen months in Sydney, so it's epic. But no, not not for me. Okay, have to agree. Uh, we go to Hawaii Five. This is a horse I don't overly know a lot about. It's drawn ten. J Mac gets the ride. It came second to think about it uh, last start. So. We're getting 14 bucks for it now. Um, its last win was in Eagle Farm in the Fred Best, which is a Group 3. Uh, I don't know a hell of a lot about this, Tommy, so I'll let you take it over. But it is a Waterhouse bot stable. Are they going to try and piss off Overpass? Yeah, it'd be, interesting. <coughs> Excuse me. it'd be interesting to see what McDonald does to have a, having never been on the horse uh, in race conditions. But yeah, Nash did say he tried to lead the other day and he, he found himself... Um, not taking a sip, but being a bit quieter, and it really did have that um, good turn of foot. I don't think he'd he'd go and really upset the apple cart with overpass, but you, you've got to think he's sort of mid to mid to forward. Um, they've been saying how how well this horse has been going um, all prep. He's just been absolutely flying. Rumours um, out of the camp saying um, he he's going really well. It's just, yeah, it's just a massive step for him. Gets McDonald, which is a big tick, and, and that last run was really good. But um, seen so many times, it just things don't go right, and he, um, he can't really finish them off. So I, um, I can't be with him. 
Coey, do you agree? Yeah, I agree. I think, like, if think about it's the the measuring point of it, it's been it's been behind it both occasions that it's come together. Uh, so once been in the Stradbroke, where it was still enormous, where it was, you know, finished third in a Group One, a proper proper Group One over fourteen hundred, and then se- uh, second in that Premier, which was, you know, which ultimately got him the slot, right? Um, but saying that, I just don't know. Like, I think. Does it lead? Does it not? I think it. I think it probably sits kind of a pair back. I think it'd be forward running. I just don't think that J Mac will be pressing the button early to find the front. I think that'd be silly of him to do so, and especially take on the likes of overpassing cylinder. So, just coming from ten, I think it will step forward, but hopefully find a slot. So it'll probably need a bit of luck with a few slower horses in front of him. Uh, sorry, uh, inside of him. So. If it gets posted three wide coming into the first turn, like I mean, I think it's game set bingo. So that draw makes it trickier. I think it's slightly outclassed. I think it's talented, but I think it's outclassed. Um, not for me. Chris? Why is it fourteen dollars? Like, shouldn't it be thirty, forty, four dollars? I I it's my favorite stable when it's J Mac, but hasn't done it on this stage and yeah, I just no, nah, it's not not for me. And like, I, I just the price is wrong, isn't it? Like, I would have thought, I, I would have thought at least thirty, but yeah, these guys are smarter than me. Maybe they just think it can kick up, like the boys were saying. But J Mac factor, mate. Um, yeah, well, I'm happy for it to take up the market, and I won't be including in my numbers. It's one of the ones I pen. <laughs> well, the same stable, alcohol free, drawn seven. Willow gets a ride, which is nice after losing the ride on Giga Kick, and then Giga Kick. Coming out, uh, forty-one dollars got as much as fifty-one. Uh, came, I think, third or fourth, fourth in uh, the last start against. Think about it, and the premiere. Um, look, I don't know. I probably don't think it can compete with the the big stars in this race. But um, Tommy, take it away. Yeah, I think it'll definitely improve on last run. Um, they would have been prepping for this as well, thinking that they'd have the slot here or if they got someone else, they'd always have this horse as a backup. But they did pay a lot of money for this horse. And going back through some of those um, European runs, like they, they were pretty good. Whether the horse is acclimatised here, it does get in low in the weights, being a um, European um, um, bred horse, bred from the other side of the, the world. So, like, I, Craig Williams um, knows what he's doing too. So... I, th- I think it'll be a lot better second up, um, but maybe first half of the field or a top five bet for alcohol-free. You give him a hope, Coey? It is named after you. Um, it's hard, isn't it? Like, if the Connections win this, they get 70% of the return of what they paid for us. So they paid $10 million for her and winner gets seven. So will that be the case? I don't think so. Um Saying that, if you go back to her European career, like she was ninth in a Platinum Jubilee and then she won the July Cup, uh, beat the likes of Naval Crown and Artorias, and we know how talented they are. She will find a good surface, a good firm surface, which is definitely preferred for her. I think first up, she was just, you know, she just needed that run. So second up, I'd definitely see a lot of improvement to come, which is a big upside. Uh, Barrier 7, I'd say it'll probably try and slot in Ford Pack, We'll wait and see how much improvement it's done. Um, that first up run back in the autumn, it was over the soft seven, over the mile. I think conditions just didn't suit that day. 
J-Mac was on board that day. He's jumped off. And then subsequently since then, Joa and Hippo have ridden in. And it's, there's too many changes that have happened with this this awesome. I, I can see him figuring in the top half, but no, in terms of top three, I don't think so. Okay. What about you, Chris? Waterhouse State. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty keen on her. Um, I think the price is ridiculous. If you take away the Coolmore run, which was on a heavily rain-affected track over ridiculous, like over a mile, then do we still get this price? It's it's beaten Naval Crown and Artorias, two of the actual best sprinters in the world. Or, or maybe not, I, I still think Artorias is a miler, but has, has proven to run some really strong good races over 1,200 metres. So beaten them and then comes here for Yulong, who have a slot, like they knew that she was going to go into this slot as soon as they brought her out here. That's probably why, it's probably why they brought her out here. And then it comes up $41 with Willow on as well. Like, I don't know. What am I missing? And, yeah, she might not win, get back her $10 million that they paid for if she wins, but imagine what it's going to be worth when she goes to have some babies. Like, I'll be having some of the 41 I've got her in my numbers. Okay, alcohol-free goes in your numbers. Speaking of numbers, in secret is going in mine. Uh, Zach Burton gets the ride. It's drawn 12, which was probably not great, but uh, it is $11 now. It was 17 uh, Godolphin runner. Look, it came fourth to Private Eye, but only by about a length and just missed out, beating Remark as well before that. I think in secret is a good bet. I think $11. I would have loved to have got 17 I haven't had one futures bet on anything yet, so that's upsetting. But, Tommy, what are your thoughts in secret? Purton aboard. Yeah, so I had a futures bet at 18s and I actually forgot I had a futures bet and had another bet on her futures. So, How um, rich? Uh, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of her. I've, I've spoken about her a fair bit on this podcast. Um, I loved it if she ran in it last year. I think she would have won um, at her 50s. But um, I, I still think she's a great chance here. First up, she looked no good um, in the yard. She wasn't ready, and she still had a great race running second. Uh, a few things went wrong last um, last start as well, and maybe just a bit flat. But this is the target, and Cummings with the target as well for this race. On yeah, we we still saw what she did in the new market. Um, uh, yeah, the new market as well, and and when she's really set to a race, so I think she can be very dangerous and. I think Purton on is, yeah, is just fantastic. So, in secret for mine. In your numbers, Coey? Happy to Potter. Um, 12, barrier 12. I think if it drew six or maybe even eight or lower, I would have been happy to have her in numbers. Just barrier 12. I think that's just an absolute horror show for her. Yeah, and like this, this preparation definitely has been slightly hampered. I get it. Last start in the shorts, uh, kind of came, shifted wide into the turn and never never had a chance to really have a crack at him. Still managed to be, you know, a little over a length behind, so it was still an enormous run. And the start before 1,000 metres was going to be too short for her, so everyone was kind of like, mm, yeah, we'll, we'll happily watch. But she came so close to beating Remark on that day. So the preparation was going really well, I think. But as soon as that draw came out, 12... I wouldn't say I put a pen through her, but I uh, started getting interesting with the speed map and where she settles, and I don't think it's going to be ideal. I'm happy to say she'll probably finish bottom bottom six here. Are you going to support me here, Chris? Okay, I'm going to start towards the bottom of the new market last year, right? Just going through the results. 
down the bottom there, it's Star Patrol, which I'm calling Winx Patrol, is winning down in Melbourne for fun. Above that, Bella Nipotina. Above that, Rock and Horse, three-time Group 1 winner. Above that, Chain of Lightning, who started odds-on in the one a really, really hot Golden Eagle. So odds-on the Golden Eagle. Above that, Bonus Notches. Above that, The Astrologist, which went overseas and ran amazingly in Dubai or wherever the fuck it was. Mazu, Private Eye, I Wish I Win. In Secret made them all look second rate in that new market. You mentioned the barrier as a concern. 51 and a half kilos, though? Yeah. You, got, you mentioned the barrier as a concern. It's got Zach Purton, the world's best jockey. 51 uh, kilos, like Coey says. I got it on top. Go on top. Love it. Uh, I just can't forget that new market win. It was just unbelievable. Up the straight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Espiona is there. Bowman is back uh, to ride. He just called more winner. It's drawn three for Waller. Uh, coming off a win, uh, wasn't amazing, but um, look, I don't know, 15 bucks was $21. Someone's had a couple of bucks on. What do you think, Tommy? I took her at $32, uh, $31 um, a couple of weeks ago. I think she's got the ability to win when everything's um, there. We saw what she did in that... Um, that race on Oaks Day, she absolutely brained him. And even her, like, her two runs as prep seems, seems to think she's there. She's just been doing everything wrong and still winning, though. It's, um, yeah, she if she can just put it all together, she could put three on this field. But whether she can do that, that's a big question. So I, I took her at, I, I'm pretty comfortable taking her at that $30 and then just... Um, just watching her here, I, I do think there are better chances. But if everything goes right for her, she could she could really do well. What do you think, Coey? I totally agree. I just think that she's a, she is a take-on trust type. She's a bit of a head case. She hasn't worked it all out. She she In previous um, runs, uh, like the experts, the pundits have said, she almost runs too fast that so she doesn't know what she's doing. Like, she, she just doesn't settle. And... Like that, she could be putting away some of these fields by five plus lengths, but um, just because of her mannerisms, I think it just falls apart a little bit. But in saying that, if she can put it together, barrier three Bowman, she could settle front half. She's got an explosive turn of foot. She could be the one, the fly in the ointment. But I, it just takes on trust, and I just don't know what to do. Tommy's got the overs on it, so that's that's perfect. But. As for right now, I don't know if I can chip away at it. I don't think it's worth chipping away at it. It's got to be running on top of the ground, which is a big tick. Uh, th- there is a lot of upside with this horse. I just I just don't know how to play it. So I've just left it out of my numbers, but I expect a really good run by it. Espiona in your numbers, Chris? No, nah, she's one of mine. I really love her, but I prefer her even further. She doesn't have the speed to go with them early and can't sprint as much as well as something like Buenos Noches. Um, so I just couldn't take her. Fair enough. All right. Shinzo is next. Uh, we know we'll know the horse. Walla is uh, the trainer. We've got Karen aboard. Uh, you're getting 17 bucks. Ooh, just went 16 or 17. So, look, um, history says, I don't know. Um, Shinzo, I can't have it in mind. Tom, does it go anywhere near your top four? Look, I don't think so. I, I'm, I'm suspect of the three-year-olds at the moment. I, I do think it's um, uh, a lot was made of its run. Um, first up, but I, I think it's. I'd probably take it over cylinder personally. I don't rate the three year olds too much, so I won't be including Shinzo. King? 
just it's uh, something in the back of my mind says is he the forgotten horse and it's just i don't know like something in the back of my mind but if i look at it from a, a level-headed perspective i think that you can't have a, him in your numbers i just think it hasn't returned the way it did in the golden slipper season whether it's the curse that no one believes in or everyone believes in i don't know but I'm not totally sold on how he's returned, so I'm happy to just leave it completely. But would it surprise me if it if uh, Coolmore and Waller did something together? No, not at all. So, yeah, definitely keep an eye on it. If it gets some clean, clear air, I don't know. It could do some magic, but, yeah, out of my numbers. In yours, Chris? No, I said to Tommy after it won the slipper that I didn't think he would ever win another race, and I am standing by that. I think this will be his last race. We'll go to stud, and then they'll say, yeah, he was first up in a golden rose and then ran midfield in Everest, you know, come to Coolmore and spend heaps way too much money. Uh, not one of mine. All right, we go to the last one. Zach Lloyd gets the ride. Uh, look at his cylinder. It's the other good Olfen runner. Nine bucks into eight fifty. Um it's been going around. It's been winning races. It won the Run to the Rose, the Vane, uh, the Todman. It's won a bunch of races, a lot of Group 2s and stuff. Recently, ran in the Golden Rose, came third to militarise and end cap. Look, Tommy just said he's not a big fan of the three-year-olds. I am. I think I really like this horse. Um, don't know where it sits or where it ends up in the run, but um, for whatever reason, I'm leaning towards two good often runners, which could be very detrimental. Um, Tommy, are you not giving it a hope? Oh, look, I think the setup's good. Um, 14 back to 12. Zach Lloyd, uh, big fan as well. And yeah, it, I, I don't have it in my numbers, but uh, definitely top top half of the field. Coey, in yours? In my numbers, yeah. Um, I like Cylinder. I just think the race shape is perfect. Barrier 4, 53 kilos. And I think the biggest tick is the blinkers get applied here. Um, I love that addition. I think it'll sharpen him up. It'll sit outside overpass, and I think he'll have a crack at him. Um, it he could definitely be the dynamic horse that has that three-year-old X factor. I think he definitely maps a lot better than Shinzo. And I mean, he finished second behind Shinzo in the Golden Slipper, if that's anything. And he's come out this order. Uh, sorry, this spring, put two wins together. Came third in a in a golden rose where things didn't exactly pan out for it and militarized was enormous in it. So um, I love it that it's coming back to 1200 meters, blinkers, Zach Lloyd, James Cummings, James Harron's obviously got the slot. He's, oh, he's won two Everest. So he knows the winning formula. Yeah. A lot of ticks for mine. It's definitely in my numbers. Chris in yours. No, not in mine. Blinkers first time did raise my eyebrows, but out of the four horses in this race that I think cannot win, I've got him at the top of those four, which means he's in the bottom four and he cannot win. Maybe next year. <sighs> well, when it comes to now, we've just done 12 horses, very in-depth, very in-depth preview. We're going to give uh, numbers and I will go first and I'm going to put Cylinder in there, Chris. So top four, I don't really know in order, uh, but I have In Secret, Cylinder, Overpass and Private Eye. Yes, I am leaving out the top four. I wish I win and think about it. Uh, I will probably lead to Private Eye first, but uh, they're my four. Um, obviously going to have to be boxing up that first four trifectas and all other same race multis and whatnot, but um, go to you, Tommy. What's your four? Mate, I've got In Secret on top. Um, big fan of the horse, and I think she can do it. I think I wish I win second. Um uh, just 
really good horse, and I think um, I think he'll be tough to beat. I think about it. Winning form's good form, and everything Joe's asked from he's been able to do. And then I got Bonus Notches. Um, I just think he's a talented horse and could be special. This kid, so Bonus Notches in fourth. Cowie, talk to me. I'm still climbing what to put in fourth, but uh, I've got Private Eye in first. I think he'll go one better from last year's campaign. I love the race shape. I think that Joe Pride's just confident about him, and he's a proven horse at any forms of of, of racing, whether it's 1,200, whether it's a mile. He's so versatile, and he can settle anywhere, essentially, and win this. I've got – I think overpasses – the two speed horses interest me a lot. So overpass and cylinder, I think that if they can get soft sectionals, which – I don't think it's going to be quite the high pressure that past Everest has been, like Chris mentioned earlier. I think they could definitely uh, figure in there. And as for fourth, I think you can put a number of fourths in. I think you guys made a pretty good catch with I Wish I Win. He's slightly leaning towards my fourth selection. I'd love to throw Espiona in, but I don't think I can. Uh, there's definitely a few that I can entertain. But, yeah, the top three for mine are Private Eye with the two leaders, uh, Overpass and Cylinder. All right, Chris, this will be good. Who you got on top, Mazu or alcohol-free? Uh, in secret on top. Uh, I go to sleep to, at night and I just dream about that new market win. Um, alcohol-free second. I think Gay just playing us all off a break. I wish I win in for third. Just too many ticks. And, and private eye, just um, the best resume. All right, that is a very in-depth uh, Everest. We are going to look at a couple other Sydney races and touch on the big ones at Melbourne. Uh, we can probably do it a bit quicker, but Kosciuszko, I'm just going to touch on. Tommy, you mentioned something, Opal Ridge. Opal Ridge is currently the $2.40 favourite. Luke Pepper, J-Mac has the ride. Uh, what's the news, mate? Uh, I think I think there's a bit of problem with his um, uh, bit of leg, a bit of, bit of stable mail saying that they um, might not be happy with the horse, so it's... Um, we're just looking, waiting on the bet at the moment, seeing how um, he goes through it. If if he's all good and ev- everything is all good leading into it, then he's he's my number one clearly. But yeah, it's it's a really good race, some good some good horses. I think our last cash is a great um, a great one at odds each way bet. Um, if he's no good, where do you land? If he's no good, I've, I've something each way on our last cash because okay. I think. Um, Winning form, I mean, uh, yeah, it has great winning form in Melbourne so far in some good races. And a lot of these other ones are first up and um, been wrapped in cotton wool and been coddled for a big race like this. And I think just the price of our last cash um, intrigues me. Koai, you mentioned something in Mogo Magic, didn't you, earlier? Well, if Opal Ridge does actually come out, yeah, I'd be putting Mogo on top. I think the, just the draw and everything looks – the race shape looks perfect. I think him and Fatu – not Fatu, his front page will probably cross from wider out and lead up the field and the rest could be history. I think he is a talented horse and it's ironic that we talk about the top – well, I mean, Mogo Magic and Opal Ridge are both under a slight injury cloud and their preparation's been hampered a little bit if that to be the case. So it's a little bit worrying, but uh, – if uh, at the current stage I've got Opal Ridge to to beat Mogo Magic, then I've got my mate Far Too Easy coming. F- sorry, Derry Grove coming third into Far Too Easy. So that's how I see it at the moment. Chris, you done a cosy market? I don't have a strong read. If Opal Ridge is right, I feel like there's an injury cloud going into 
these country finals every year and it's it's weird. Do they just do it on purpose? But surely, like, I'm, maybe it's a dumb way to look at it, but the vets will have to pass them to run. So I, I'm just trying not to read too much into it. I, I, I've been with Oprah Ridge the whole time. Like he's just, he can, she's, sorry, he's capable of running numbers that the, a lot of these aren't. I'm a big Mogo Magic fan, but as Kohai knows, I do not like synthetic, synthetic cough. Synthetic cough <laughs> filler first time. Yeah. I can't even say it. Uh, and the other one that I thought was probably overs in the market was Akasawa. But yeah, no, no real strong read for me. All right, that's Cozzy. I'm going to go to the King Charles, which is uh, race nine. New name and five million bucks. Uh, crazy the amount of money that Sydney Racing has. But Mr. Brightside is a favourite Willow Award, obviously for the Hayes boys. Keeps winning. Um, two dollars twenty this time was two ninety. You could have got been smacked into two twenty. We got Fangirl at sevens. J Mac aboard, drawn inside. Zaki is there at nines. Big odds for Zaki. Light infantry man, added man now nine dollars in from eleven. Zach Purton has the ride with double figures for the likes to think it over. Kovalika, Buckaroo, Golden Mile, Nugget, etc. But um, how good is Mr. Brightside, Tommy? Are you with? Look, yeah, he's pretty good. Um, I, I think he's a bit short. I mean, think it over. Coming back, winning, and um, and a great seventh stakes uh, at thirteen dollars. I think it's a bit ridiculous. And Kovalika had no right finishing second in the Etsem is is huge. Fangirl maps really well, and Zaki nine dollars is a great price too. So, I I I want to back Mister Brightside, but what I reckon I'll do is I'll back it on the Whirlpool Tote because I reckon they'll come for light infantry man and import with Zach Purton on. And especially if a few multis get up, they might shorten Mr. Brightside in, um, being the favourite. So I reckon you'll get a better price on the tote. So I'd be backing Mr. Brightside on the tote and maybe having something on Kovalika or Think It Over as well. Forgot about the world tote. That's true. Um, Coey, thoughts? Um, I've I've rejigged these numbers four times over. Um, uh, Mostly to do with the price, like Tommy suggested. So... I think the 220 or thereabouts you're getting from Mr. Brightside is, oh, it's rock bottom. So if you like him, like Tommy suggested, I think you'll get about four bucks, maybe 350 on race day on the world pool tote. I think it'll be genuine overs by comparison to the fixed odd pool. So that's where I'd be looking if you were just to go chips in on Mr. Brightside. As for the numbers, yeah, like I said, I've rejigged them four times over, but I think Zaki's the forgotten horse. Nine bucks. I think it's just a really juicy, juicy, juicy price. Third up, everything's looking tip top. I know Think It Over at 13s is also ridiculous. He's in my numbers as well. But those two are world class. Not to say that Mr. Brightside isn't, but in terms of price, I'd be looking at the nine and thirteen dollars opposed to two bucks. And then you could definitely see Light Infantry Man and the likes of Fangirl filling the miners as well. So I think it's a it's a race that you box up four, box up five, play a uh, trifecta or first four, go for it. And if that were to be the case, I'd be putting one, two, three, five, and 14. Chris, you be balls deep on Mr. Brightside? What price was the world pool to get a mention on this podcast? It'd be $1.05. <laughs> What do you I am a massive Mr. Brightside fan. He's done me plenty of favours. I've backed him a couple of years in the Donny in a row. Um, so, like, I absolutely love him. But look what he's done. He beat Princess Grace, who came out and ran horrendously 
and I wish I win, who probably wasn't trying, and then alligator blood in the six-horse field, and then you want to take 220 in this field, like, that's just a bit, that's, you can't do it, can you? Like, that's crazy. I'm a big Think It Over fan. He, he just got, he just keeps turning up, keeps turning up. So does same with Zaki. Uh, but uh, Golden Miles run in the Epsom was unbelievable, really, really strong. I think he maps to get a really nice run here. Uh, and he's a really nice price. I've settled on, though, a couple of Waller mares, which I guarantee you I would have never said before and I might never say again because Fangirl gets the track and the map, finally has just things perfectly in her favour and he's a decent price. Uh, and a tissue, her run in the beating the alcohol free we mentioned before in the Coolmore in the autumn was unbelievable. Won it easily. Now gets out to the mile, which she's been looking for, and 35 bucks. Uh, I'm pretty keen on a tissue at, at the price there. A tissue, 34 bucks and 7 for your liking. Mr. Brightside, very short, but um, is a very classy horse. Um, all right, that might round out Randwick before we go to Caulfield. Tommy, do you want to mention any other race before we move to Caulfield's main runs? Um, mate, the only other t- the only other two I sort of liked, I, I like um, the gl- in the gloaming, a lot of them come out of that dulcify. I think um, 10 out of the 14 in the dulcify are in the gloaming, so good form there, and I think um, the 1800 pushy might be a chance at $7.50, so um it and Tom Kinn look the two to me, um, and then the Silver Eagle is probably another one. Um, I don't mind Yellow Brick. Um, they've been talking about this race for a long. Uh, they've been talking about the Golden Eagle for a long time, and uh, free ticket in for the top three. So uh, it, it's a bit short. Hopefully, it gets out a bit, but yeah, it could definitely entertain Yellow Brick. Yellow Brick three eighty. The gloaming is race number four. Tom Kitten two forty. Pushy at seven fifty. Drawn wide. Uh, Coey, any others you want to mention? Uh, interesting runner in race one. Land Legend who comes over from the UK. Absolute stayer as they come. We'll be running on top of the ground, which will be a big tick. Eight dollars carrying minimum minimum weight. Eight bucks. Definitely entertain. Uh, as for the, I think a couple of these you could. I reckon you could box up put it in a multi so i think arctic glamour is just an out and out star in the making i know it's only going to be having its fourth start in the reginald allen in race three but i think i think it could just put a gap between them uh and in the gloaming as well gloaming i think i am kind of leaning towards tom kitten i think just the the writings on the wall i think the last start it had a few hiccups in between in the run and it was pushed back and he had to travel three deep from about the 1,000 to the 400. Now it gets a better barrier. I think things will work out a lot smoother for it. So I think it's a it's a bet. And staying with the uh, the Royal Blue, I think Volana in the Sydney Stakes is also a bet. So a couple of bets there. All right. Seeing those um, silks, I just got to remember, uh, congratulations to Gab. Steely went up north in the last on the weekend and um, flew home at the farm. Good win. Um Chris, anything else you want to touch on at Ramwick before we head down south? Nah, Kobe's just broken my heart mentioning some French stayer in the first because I was about to tip you a Calipore Benno Quinella in the first to kick the day off. <laughs> well, he's uh, what have we got? Land legend. So make it a trifecta, mate. 
Yeah, throw it in the triple. Yeah, there you go. Trifecta. Make it a trizy. All right, let's go to Caulfield. We're going to just do, I reckon, two or three races here. I'm going to start with the Might and Power. 2,000-meter uh, race, a million bucks, and Alligator Blood is the favorite. I know Chris has been a fan of Alligator Blood in the past. Tipped it on top um, to beat a bunch of the stars last year, too, I remember. 2.30. Just fine is there. Jordan Childs gets the ride this time. Uh, look, this has been outstanding. It's gone from a benchmark 94 to a group 3 to a group 1 and now it runs down in Melbourne. So it'd be interesting to see how it goes, obviously in cup betting as well. Uh, Dewis is there, and then we go straight out for 16 bucks and 18 bucks, etc. for the rest of them. Uh, Chris, we start with you. Alligator blood just fine or something at odds, mate? What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I was surprised when I saw just fine turn up here because I know how much the Waterhouse bot guys love alligator blood. So... I'm a bit confused by it, I, but it is awesome just to have a gelding that just runs every week. Like, how good is it to just, they don't try and protect him. You just put him out there and, oh, yeah, let's send him south and hit this million-dollar race up. So, yeah, it's great. Um, I've got blood on top. think he gets a nice, easy lead. The one who I thought was the danger was Nonconformist, who kind of hasn't had things go his way. Ran a really nice race in that Q22 race during the Queensland winter. Um, loves a good track, uh, and he's a really nice price. But, yeah, i got the blood on top. What about you, Coey? Anything to add there? No, I was just curious to hear uh, Chris's thoughts on Dais. I think it was a good third behind Alligator Blood last start, and the extra 200 metres will definitely help. So, see it figuring closer? Yeah, definitely. She's been pretty interesting the last couple of preps since that one where she was winning everything. Um, but... All the, her good runs come off a really quick tempo, and I just yep. can't see there being heaps of pressure here. She's just a bit one-dimensional. She needs a fast tempo over 2,000 metres or, or further, and you just don't get that often in, in Australia. So that hasn't really gone to suit her. The price is just wrong for me. I love Shin, but, yeah, no, I, I can't see her. Like, it, you know what, if she goes past horses like, that's fine, and alligator blood. I'm happy to not be on her at 450 and just and watch it. Is there going to be a bit of a stable ride, Jurgen? For just fine? Just fine and alligator blood? Well, I think alligator blood will lead. Uh, yep. They have kind of been taking a sit on some of their second ones recently. That's what I say, I don't know what to do with just fine. Like, I, I, I'm so confused by it, but I love it. 24 back to 2000 is interesting. Caulfield's interesting. There's just so many like unknowns that I just I just had to go around it, go around him. Like I just I don't know. Is Lindemann going to kick up? Yeah, but not part. Alligator Blood will lead. They're not. Alligator Blood's not going to let Lindemann kick up and, and keep him sitting outside it. If anything, Just Fine sits up outside it, or Just Fine tries to take a bit of cover in the one one. Yeah, oh, I, I don't know. Like it's it's such a weird one. Yeah. But there's there's not heaps of pressure. Where are you, Tommy? I'm more confused than ever now. Um, <laughs> no, like, yeah, it's very interesting. I actually think watching that um, watching that win of Just Fine, I reckon they, they they might abandon the cut plans and just stick to this sort of trip. And, um, yeah, really interesting to see the two go um, hand in hand. I really hope it's not um, stable riding and we, we do get a feel where Just Fine is really at because um, – Alligator Blood's right up there, and yeah, two thousand meter race would be really intriguing to see where Just Fine is. Um, oh yeah, I, I think she'd be better at two thousand. Um, but yeah, is she as good as Alligator Blood? 
Saturday we'll find out. All right. Uh, we go to race number nine, $3 million, Caulfield Guineas over the mile. There's been a lot of uh, toing and froing with people and their thoughts on this. Uh, I put up Chris's runner-by-runner runner preview on the Facebook page. If you haven't had a look, jump in there and have a look. Some people are declaring militarise. Uh, Magic Man gets the ride. It's $2.70, but it is going to be going the Melbourne way of going this time. It's two seventy. Open 280, so pretty bang on, barrier 12. Stabati, uh, Johnny Allen for Paul Pushka gets the run. Oh, sorry, gets the ride. $3.90, a little bit of a drift, unbeaten, five from five. Uh, I can't help but go with that. King Colorado is there at $9. They're the only three in single figures. A couple of bucks for Wolfie and nothing else. Chris, who wins? I really liked Centify here at a decent price. 18 bucks. 18 bucks. Unbelievable. What are you <laughs> so I get excited. Um, yeah, look, militarized will be last. There's not as much pressure as it got in the Golden Rose. Because of this this being 600 meters, a lot of them, it's kind of their first go. The three-year-olds, like, they just don't go as quick it, early on in this season over the mile. It won the Champagne's a two-year-old, but that was a really weak addition. And it's just it's, the price is just incorrect for me when I think – He's going to be last. It's good to see Marrero down there riding, but yeah, I just, it wasn't one for me. Uh, Little Bros is an interesting one, but probably not up to this grade. King Colorado is from the leading stable in the country, I think, and I've got in my numbers, but all his performances were in Queensland. Uh, yeah, Sonify's run was huge against their party in the Guineas Prelude. It did more work on that in that race and was stronger past the line, showing that the mile's not going to be a problem. The map's heaps better here, and I just think the price, it's, it's the one at overs. So, yeah, I was really keen to be with, with that, with him. I just want to mention a comment from your uh, little write-up. Someone has said, militarise is the best of the day. The horse is flying. He could be going better than Animo at this stage. Beats this field easily. That's a ball. Yeah, cool. Tell him, tell him I'll give him three fifty. What is it? Two fifty? I'll give him three dollars. <laughs> Max bet fifty dollars. Someone else has uh, <laughs> said Centavia is my value. Someone else is like that. Someone else is like King Colorado. But um, all right. Well, Coey, what do you reckon? Are you in militarized camp? I'm actually like top, properly in, in agreement with Chris. I was on Centify last start in the Guineas Prelude, and the, the looping run he did on that day was like, it was such a weird, weirdly run race, that race. Um, and the fact that it picked up off the bit again, because it kind of got unbalanced a couple of times trying to peel outside. And then once it got clear air, it really balanced up and started letting down. So the fact that it's going to be stepping up over further, and it's crazy to think that Stepardi, I know it's got that, you know, picket fence next to its name, five from five, but... The fact that it's about three ninety four bucks and Centify, I think it lost by under a length. I'm sure is eighteen bucks is crazy. It's it's insane. Um, so I love that. Uh, just the fact that it can handle. I don't know if there's rain forecast down there, but I know it's pretty versatile on the soft gro- going as well. So that's definitely an upside. Yeah, I think eighteen bucks is crazy. And as for militarized barrier twelve is. Well, I mean, I guess the race shape was not really going to change for Militarised. I think it was always going to be towards the rear of the field and, you know, get rolled up, 
wake him up about 600 out and then start going for him and find the late splits. And I know the magic man's great at it, but it's probably the toughest test to date. I mean, like you look at the, the golden, not the golden rose. What did it win? It was the golden rose, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. The yeah, it was the golden rose. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that was a high pressure 1400 at Rose Hill. So like, and looking at the map and from what I can understand, there's not that much speed and, it's going to be climbing on heels, I reckon. So at that 270, I think it's definitely a bit of a lay. I don't know what I'd mark the price at, but it's probably closer to the 354 bucks. But it's definitely going to be one that's going to be shortening on the day, I guess. So wait and see. I'm happy to just be against it and be with Chris here as well. Tommy? I'm with Militarise. I think that uh, Golden Rose run was ridiculous i i think this is more in its wheelhouse considering there was there was some good horses in that um some really the some of the best three-year-olds around that 1400 meter um race and he still beat him like um and just getting to the mile would just suit him even more we and we we saw him what he did in the um uh, as a two-year-old as well in the size and the champagne it just it just looked um Fantastic. Joe Marrera sticks. He's had three starts and he's won three group ones. Um, mate, it's it's all militarised to me. I'll take 270. I'll take 250. I'll take whatever. I'll take Chris's $3 too. Um, the other one... Uh, the, the other one is King Colorado. You watch it step up to the mile as well and we, we start to see the real King Colorado um, as well. It was, uh, it was coming out of a maiden and then it got to the JJ and we saw the best of this horse. So I think a mile and further for King Colorado, we see a bit more of him too, but militarise for me. All right. looks like a few people wanted your um, three bucks, Chris. Uh, what about Amelia's Jewel in the two-rack? Uh, this is the last race of the day uh, over the mile. It's 2.25. Antino is there, drawing absolute car park with Shin aboard. Amelia's Jewel win, Chris? Uh, probably. Uh, but I'm not taking 220 to find out, which like it might sound like that's a common theme for me, but like this is there's so much racing, and now that we're at like group one, group like grand final day, there's there's big prize money and big incentivized incentives to to run here, and I just think a couple of these really nice horses are coming up against some really tough competition that they might not have faced. So look, I'm a massive Amelia's Jewel fan. Uh, what she did in her two starts in this prep so far in Melbourne have been really like awesome to watch. But 220 in this field, this is the hardest field that she's come up against yet. Looks like she's I doing think. Golden Eagle too, yeah? Apparently. What's that? Looks like she's going to the Golden Eagle instead of the Cox. Yeah, which I've, I've been backing her in the Golden Eagle. Uh, all the way along, just because, like, I oh, look, I was, I said to the boys in in the office the other day, I'd love to win a Cox Plate, but to get to run for like a jillion dollars just against four year olds, you'd be absolutely mad not to take it. Like the Cox Plate's not going anywhere; she can run in the Cox Plate next year. So I just thought she was definitely going there, and I've backed her in the Cox Plate. Um, again, like that's their grand final to me. So yeah, I'm not taking the two twenty. Uh, I was trying to look around her, and I, I thought there was a couple that were. Real dangerous to beat her. I had Menable on top, who's just had no luck. He, he's a real good horse. Um, gets out 
back to the mile, which he hasn't performed well at, but he's kind of performed well at the 2000. So I don't think the mile is a concern. He's running the Guineas last year, the Australian Guineas last year was was solid as, um, ran up the arse of a number of horses at Caulfield last start out. So, yeah, I thought the price was really interesting to find out. And horse like Pride of Jenny, who ran a really nice race in the Amelia's Jewel race last start, probably did a bit more work, gets a really nice barrier swing in, compared to Amelia's Jewel here, and is, is $10 and Amelia's Jewel's 2 Yeah, good point. What about you, Kai? You, you, was it you that were on Antino in that horror show at Flemington? Oh, yeah, I was all over it on that horror That's show. Right, yeah. I thought it was an absolute lock, but uh, yeah, the fence was a lock-up, and oh, God, it was just a horror show. Um, I, I am happy to just pot, pot him here. I think just the barrier just completely undoes him. Uh, he's a front-running, free-running kind of horse, and I, don't, I think he's got no chance from where he's drawn. So, yeah, forget about him. I, I literally don't have an opinion, really, of this field. I think... Emilia's Jewel, obviously a superstar in the making, I think. Um, but for all things that Chris said, 225, it looks the likely winner, doesn't it? But, I mean, I'm not – like the inevitable wasn't bad when it was up in Sydney. The Epsom run was a bit of a forgive, but that that second behind Golden Mile was strong enough. 950, probably about the right price point. Uh, Pinstriped, I've been following that horse for a while. So the drift is a little bit alarming at 17. There's a few things that you could play at it, but this at the moment, I'll definitely need to digress the form a bit more and figure out how to play. I'm waiting for Tom to say, I'll take 225, I'll take 210, I'll take $2. What do you reckon, Tom? Multi him up with me, Tom. Oh, God, no. I, I agree with both of you. Like, it's... um. It's this is the race of the day. It's an absolute cracker as Co is going through some of them and Chris before that. Um, I'm a I love Amelia's Jewel, but um, this is a real tough test. Antino, uh, I'm big rap on the inevitable too. Um, Pinstripe was good. Weaning again. Um, make a case for a few others. I I'm going to take seven bucks for Antino for sure. It gets a little bit of a worry, but I I definitely got the ability. So. Um, very interesting to see how Amelia's jewel goes as well. Ridden, uh, that that win was pretty good, but yeah, I can't take two twenty five for Amelia's jewel. Barrier seventeen was the concern for Antino for me. I'm just not sure where he's going to get to. He's going to be lost out there. Yeah, I agree. Fair point. Fair point. All right. Uh... I'm just going to mention one horse just because it's one of mine. I haven't even looked too much at the race, but Asfura in the Scalacci. I love that horse. It's a speed star. It's on a little bit of a drift with every, lots of money coming for Uncommon James. Uh, Frosty Ward, $2.30. Good, good horses in it, though. Chain of Lightning, Ingratiating, Lombardo. Um, Chris, any others you want to touch on before we wrap up at Caulfield? Uh, yeah, Uncommon James has the blinkers first time, which could be why money's, uh, money's come for him. It's run behind Aspora and Imperatrice was good. The mile is probably a plus. But yeah, I'm with Aspora there as well. I thought that was probably one of the shorter ones that I really liked during the day. But my best comes up in a race two. She's all shenanigans. Saddlecloth number one uh, ran on the same car, Imperatrice. Uh, and that was the Amelia's Jewel Night as well. What am I looking at here? This is good stuff. I love this race too. Is your best bet of the day? Oh, it's four dollars. It's, it's coming out of a really strong race where it set a really heavy tempo. Everything around the speed dropped out. Back markers came over the top. 
it stayed on well. Uh, now it's in this race that just looks a lot weaker to me, and it's four dollars. I was keen as. I like it on the drift too. Make it best. Um, any others? Serides was another one that I had marked down in race four in the red card race. It's a pretty yeah, decent, strong race, but I just really liked his run. Sorry, her run. It is a mare's race. Her run last start gets shin. It, it was good in the Goodwood uh, Morphville earlier this year. Uh, and then comes up against, you know, a really winnable race. Okay. I know that red card, pretty sure Tommy used to be a fan of that horse in the past. But, Coey, anything from you at Caulfield or any other venue you've had an eye on? Uh, Mustang Valley winning at Hastings Race <laughs> 8 in the Livermore Classic. 2,000 metres, won the Group 1 last start. Uh, I think it maps exactly the same. Barrier 4 is tip-top. I think, I think it just wins. It's 240, lock it in your multis. Okay. New Zealand male, how good. Yeah, you do love a bit of New Zealand male. What race was it? Race 8, number yeah, number 10. There we go, Mustang Valley. It kicks off at about 2.30. Beautiful. Thomas, anything? Red card, big fan. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's red card fan. Joe, Joe Marira aboard it, stepping up a bit. And uh, as Chris said, a bit of a few others coming back in form, which um, I think is suited, but I think um, very untapped potential. Uh, red card, like Joe Maria on. Uh, give me some red card. Okay, get a red card. Uh, all right, that is all the racing. Can we get a tip from Chris for the million dollar chase tomorrow? No. Were <laughs> <laughs> you the one asking to go? Postman. I am going. I'm going to see Shadow Nolan have a few beers. I couldn't tell you one dog running. I'll okay. give you a tip for Hamilton on Saturday in race two. Go on. Hustle of Chili, number one. The prices aren't out yet, so just wait and see what happens there. But there's a win. For, there's a winner for you. Any of you boys got any mail for the dogs? No, God no. Million dollar chase. Yeah, they won't finish top eight next year. <laughs> <laughs> there's a cracker. All right, who's at the track on Saturday? Tom, I assume you'll be out there in the truck. Yeah, mate. Coey, I'll be sitting in air conditioning at the office. Chris, I'll be out there with bells on, pumped up, running around like a little kid who's just eating chocolate for the first time. <laughs> All right, well, I will come along. I think I'll, I'll probably drive out at lunchtime and enjoy it out there. Um, thank you for joining me, Chris. It's been an absolute pleasure for you joining again. Uh, we'll have to. Yeah, do- thanks for having me back, fellas. I missed um, you. Just, just one little critique on you, Chris. Um, I haven't heard anything from Morford Hill yet. Oh, true. I haven't finished the form, to be honest. Mate, I did like one. That I, is I not liked one in the first, but it came up really short, and then I couldn't tip a dollar. 40 shot. No, it's a dollar ninety. I couldn't do a dollar ninety shot. So I haven't finished, but I'll put something up on the pay on the Facebook page if I find anything. I think so. Oh, mate, I'll give you a warning this time, but next time you gotta come prepared. Yeah, fair enough. I think that was when we were wrap, when we were wrapping up a podcast not long ago, and Chris was on. At the end, he's like, "If you want something absolutely sick, I like something at Packenham. It's on the synth though, and it saluted as well at like six dollars. So that was one of your best. Yeah, I got a couple at Cranbourne tomorrow night. Oh, God. Yeah, go on. Yeah, Reveline in race two. Reveline. I'll be at the dogs watching Cranbourne on my phone trying to build a kitty for Saturday. Reveline, $2.90. Johnny Allen aboard. Anything else? Well, I've got two others written down, but I haven't finished the form, so I don't know what race they're in. Okay. I've got to finish. I'll come back to you. All right. Thank you, boys. Uh, absolute pleasure. We'll see you, see you probably out there on Saturday. Coey, what are you doing? Are you sitting in the air conditioning? Are you sitting in studio? Are you sitting watching Sky One, Central? 
Oh, we just cutting up. We're giving uh, the great Darren Aura a, a helping hand, and that'll be it. Works. All right, beautiful. Thank you, boys. Cheers, guys. Hey, Enjoy boys. it.